This podcast was first broadcast on Fresh FM, the top of the South community access radio station. For more information on Fresh FM, as well as links to other great local podcasts, go on our website freshfm.net or download the accessmedia.nz app. Hi, welcome to Green Thumbs and Dirty Fingers, a gardening show full of inspiration. I'm Philippa Foes-Lamb, a self-confessed passionate gardener. I've been in the garden industry for many years and I totally enjoy sharing my knowledge with you. Green Thumbs and Dirty Fingers is kindly sponsored by the Nelson Farmers Market at Kirby Lane every Wednesday from 8.30am to 1.30pm. Today we're focusing on late spring and early summer tasks. At the Nelson Farmers Market, the market is looking forward to a wonderful summer and summer fruit and vegetables have arrived at the market. We welcome back Romanos with their range of tomatoes, fennel, cucumbers and capsicums. Spring Grove strawberries are here with strawberries. Funny that. <laughs> Love spuds with a wide range of new season potatoes. That's a lovely name. And tree ripe orchard with cherries and boysenberries. Great. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> summer, summer is officially here tomorrow, if you're listening on the 30th of November. And boy, it felt like it last week. We had two days of 31 or 32 on our property. And I'm certainly, as you know, not ready for it. In fact, just, just as a quick aside, we did a little bit of Christmas shopping last week and I spotted this roll of Christmas wrap and I just thought, I have to buy it. It, it was Let It Snow, Let It's, it's dark red and it's got white printing and it says Let It Snow, Let It Snow in the bleak midwinter. Uh, what else? A few other things like that that are definitely winter themed. And I, I'm going to wrap all my presents in that and put like a tag on the top saying, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. <laughs> Because uh, that, that Christmas wrap is about the closest I'm going to get to one. So, yeah, anyway, that did make, I just thought that might make you giggle. I've been madly watering. Even though we had good rain earlier in spring, everything is drying out very quickly. It certainly doesn't take much in, in the shape of our sun and wind to really start to dry things out. One thing in particular I've noticed, and I notice it every year, is... When that sun comes out, it is absolutely searing hot. There's no other word for it. And the, the older I get, the less tolerance I have for sunshine. I, I love sun. I love looking at it. I love being inside in the cool, looking at it, but or being in the garden in the shade, looking out where it's sunny. But I really do find that if I try to do anything in the sun, I last about four or five minutes, and that's it. I've just got to get out of it. So I wanted to touch a little bit, as well as on late spring tasks, but I wanted to touch a little bit on protecting yourself when you're in the garden, particularly in our hot summer sun. It's really important to have a very good hat with a wide brim, and you need to be aware of what sort of wide-brimmed hat you're buying. It's a good idea to get one that's tightly woven. If you get sort of a straw hat which has got gaps, if you can see any sun coming through that hat, it's probably not the best one to wear while you're gardening. And you can get other cloth hats and things, but they need to have a wide brim. A small brim will help. It'll, it'll definitely shade the main part of your face, but it won't do a lot for the back of your neck. And the other thing to bear in mind too is that it's very important to protect the back of your neck because that's an area we can't see. So you can't always see if there's anything going on back there. But also, if you are out in the sun for a long period of time and you get a lot of sun on the back of your neck, that's one of the reasons why, and also the top of your head, that's one of the reasons why people tend to suffer from sunstroke because that area is very vulnerable and you don't always think about it. So not only is a wide brim hat a good idea, 
but also a long sleeve shirt with a collar. You might think, oh, I don't want to wear that in a hot day. But if you, if you, for instance, if you, like me, happen to purloin one of your husband's old, older, older shirts, not as good ones, but his older shirts, then that's perfect for gardening because you, you can roll the sleeves up just far enough so that they're not down over your hands and you can flip that collar up and you'll be amazed. And if they're cotton, they're not going to make you hot. In actual fact, they help to keep you more cool. The other thing too is it can be so tempting to garden in your bathing suit or maybe garden in a pair of shorts. It really is, if you can, get yourself a pair of loose-fitting cotton pants and wear those, particularly if you're going to be out in the garden for a long time. I tend to try to do that, although I've, if I know I'm going to be in the shade, which I generally am over the summer because I can't bear to garden in the sun, then I just tend to wear shorts, but I'll still wear a long sleeve shirt. And if I think I'm going to be going out to the kitchen garden, then I definitely wear long pants. And also sunblock. Even if you're wearing all the stuff, it is still a good idea to put sunblock on your arms and your legs before you put your long sleeves and your, and your cotton pants on. And also just make sure that you reapply to your face in any areas like the back of your hands. Reapply probably every couple of hours. I really do need to take my own advice because I, I will admit I tend to slather it on in the morning and then sort of by late afternoon I think, oh, I didn't actually put any more on. So this year I really think I've got to get a little bit more diligent about that because it is really important. If you haven't already done it, and I know I've mentioned it in a recent show, mulch, mulch, mulch. Particularly now that we have had, or this week we're supposed to have quite a bit of rain, a reasonable amount of rain I hope, then that's a perfect chance to either remulch, top your mulch up, or if you haven't mulched yet, then it's a great time to do it. And it doesn't matter what you use, even newspaper will help. If you, if you, if you can't get to a, garden, a landscape supply place, or you haven't got time, then even just putting shredded newspaper or just, just lying newspaper on the ground will help a bit. It's not ideal, but it does help. You can also use things like old carpets as mulch. They're fantastic around citrus, that's fantastic around citrus trees. The hardest thing with using something like that is it is going to take quite a long time to break down. And if you want to feed your citrus, you need to remove it, feed, water it in well or whatever, and then put the carpet back. So I tend to just use straw. And my favourite, as you know, is the red clover straw. I'm often asked the question about grass clippings as a mulch. The answer to that question, you know, can you use it? Yes, but you have to be really careful how much you use. Do a little bit of an experiment. I've done this before where you, you empty your catcher and you put it all in one pile. Even if it's only a small pile, wait a couple of hours and then go and shove your hand into the centre of that pile. You'll be stunned at how hot it is. So the, this is, it, it just almost starts to ferment straight away. You know that, that sort of, it's almost like a yeasty smell that grass gets. Not quite silagey because it's not old enough for that, but it just starts to, you can just smell that things are starting to happen. So if you're going to use grass clippings as a mulch, use them very sparingly. Just a very sparse handful around anything. Because the last thing you want to do is, is cause, especially for citrus, is cause the roots to be burnt because that, those grass clippings have become too hot. Keep all of your summer crops weeded. Weeds compete for nutrients. This is particularly important with things like, as I mentioned before, onions and garlic, but also even your lettuces. And try not to plant your lettuces too close together. It can be quite tricky if you've got a raised bed and you want to have plenty of lettuce. You're better off to plant 
say three one week and then three in two weeks time another three another two weeks time something like that rather than doing two lots of six or one lot of six and you've had to put them too close together this is because they do tend to rot if they're too close I planted some beautiful um, Great Lakes which is the gorgeous summer iceberg in my kitchen garden and most of them are doing really well one or two of them have rotted off and I think it's just because I, I do tend to sort of think, oh, I'll just put them a bit closer together. Maybe they'll heart faster, which actually does work. But particularly with, with lettuces like iceberg that form that kind of, you know, that, that beautiful big head in the centre, they are more susceptible. And the other thing too, apart from rainfall, which you can't control in terms of watering from the top, do try to water your lettuces from the base because if they get too wet in the top, particularly with something like an iceberg, the chances of them rotting is, is about 200 times more. You're on Fresh FM. This is Green Thumbs and Dirty Fingers, sponsored by the Nelson Farmers Market at 23 Halifax Street on every Wednesday from 8.30am to 1.30pm, rain or shine. I'm Philippa Foes-Lamb. Today we're focusing on late spring and early summer tasks. At the Nelson Farmers Market, new also to the market is Sugar Moose. That's another lovely name, with a range of delectable baking, including gluten-free. And Flowers from Home, sweet bouquets of summer flowers, just what we need to brighten up our houses at this time of the year. Finally, a Christmas Eve market is planned on 24th of December from 8am to 1pm, so mark this one on your calendars or in your diaries. That's Christmas Eve, there is a market on the 24th of December from 8am to 1pm at 23 Halifax Street. So do put it in your diary. It's going to be wonderful and it's the perfect opportunity to get beautiful fresh produce for your Christmas dinner. Tomatoes are setting fruit now. It's a great idea to liquid feed them every two weeks with Tomorite. Tomorite is my favourite tomato food. It is absolutely fabulous stuff. If you can't find it, then you can also use any liquid food that you happen to have on hand. The main thing is you don't want it to be too high in nitrogen because what you really want, you want magnesium and potassium, which is what helps with the fruit and the flavour and the strength of your plants as well. If you find that you've only got a liquid food that's quite high in nitrogen, and it will have other elements in it, but if the nitrogen is fairly high, it's a good idea just to supplement with a small amount of sulphate of potash every few weeks. So for instance, if your tomatoes are in the ground, then I would just do a very small handful around each tomato, probably every eight weeks or so. And if they're in a container, just a teaspoonful will be enough. I love powdered sulfate of potash because it gets, it's almost like, it looks a little bit like very, very, very fine caster sugar, but it it just gets absorbed into the ground straight away. When you water it, it disappears. It's amazing. That means that it's more available to your plants instantly. I haven't managed to find that lately. So there is a granular one and that's really good. And in some ways it's better because it won't break, it it won't be absorbed quite so quickly. So maybe, yeah, like I say, just put it, just put on some every eight to 12 weeks. Strawberries and raspberries, well, my raspberries are ripening now. Strawberries definitely are. Birds are very clever. I have a poppadome, which is a lovely, how do I describe it? It's a bit like a tent with fine netting which is over over the it it goes up like a tent it's even got the same rods that go through it and I've got that over my raspberry patch and it's all you know it's it's stretched out tight 
everything's fine, the zip's closed, it's pinned down at the bottom. And I went to look at my raspberries the other day and thought, that's funny. That, that one was red yesterday and now it's gone. And it was in the centre. And I'm thinking, how on earth is a bird man managing to do that? So I've actually noticed that there are a few more that are gone. I'm going, ah, <laughs> no, this wasn't supposed to happen. But I, I actually love the fact that these birds are so intelligent. They see a raspberry and they go, I am getting that raspberry no matter what. <laughs> you might think you've foiled me, but you haven't. <laughs> so I did manage to pick a couple last night. So that was, I think it's just going to be a case of, oh, look, there's a raspberry a bird hasn't had. I'll eat it. <laughs> Here I was envisaging a lovely great big bowl of raspberries. Hmm, well... I guess I could throw frost cloth over the whole thing but um, because that will definitely keep the birds out and still let light, air and moisture through. But that's a bit labour intensive. I've got enough on my plate at the moment. Protect your brassicas from white butterflies. You can, also, you can use diatomaceous earth, which is a natural product. You can also buy it as food grade. It's a very, very fine, really heavy. It's, it's quite interesting. It's got an odd texture. It's a bit... You know, corn flour is quite heavy. If you sort of toss a little bit of that onto the bench, it'll just go plump and land. It won't sort of go boof. Well, that's what diatomaceous earth is like as well. And it's really good because any, in, I use it in my chook house too for mites. Any mites that, that crawl across it, um, come into contact with it, actually get cut, which sounds a bit mean. So the same thing applies to things like slugs and caterpillars. So that, that's a really good thing to use, particularly if you don't want to use any nasty chemicals. You can also cover them with cloches or microclimate frost cloth tossed over stakes. Now, another quick aside, I am very, very proud to be grandmother in Nutcracker again this year. And it's on at the Theatre Royal at on the 17th, 18th and 19th of December. I think it's 7 o'clock on the 17th. Then there's two matinees. There's a matinee on Saturday the 18th and Sunday the 19th and an evening performance on the Saturday as well. Don't hesitate to book because I, I've just had got this little feeling that things are going to be okay. We may, you know, I'm hoping we're still going to be able to do it. But it is just going to be absolutely wonderful. It's even better than last year's one. And I'm just so thrilled to be part of it. It's such a special thing to be part of. Because as you know, well, you may not know, but I absolutely adore Christmas. This, this year, I think in particular... We really do need some joy. We need as much joy as we can squeeze out of the Christmas season. So you know, buy that gift for a dear friend. It doesn't have to be anything big, just something little, or just do something nice for someone. It's just, I'm, I'm, I'm about to put up my, my ballet teacher's Christmas tree, and I'm so excited. I just love doing it. And I've also handmade, handmade some lovely ornaments to go on it as well. And... I just love Christmas. I've just got this little, this year in particular for some reason, I've just got this little frisson of excitement sort of bubbling away inside me about it all. And I just think it's because this year has been so hard for so many people that we just need a bit of joy and happiness. We just need something to make us smile. So, yeah, take, take a moment just to sort of think about the year, think about how your year's been, and just try and enjoy the season as much as you can. Smile at people with your eyes if you can't because you've got a mask on. <laughs> okay, honeys, happy gardening. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you have any questions about anything I covered, email me at nelson at freshfm.net. Green Thumbs and Dirty Fingers airs Tuesday morning 20 to 11 and replays Sunday afternoon 20 to 3. Previous editions of this show are available as a podcast from our website, freshfm.net, 
or through the Access Internet Radio app. Thanks to the Nelson Farmers Market at Kirby Lane every Wednesday from 8.30am to 1.30pm for supporting a show about gardening. Thank you for joining me. See you next time. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this podcast available by funding the Access Media Project. Other great podcasts from Fresh FM are available through the accessmedia.nz app or our website freshfm.net.